Welcome to the Hypno Toad Podcast and the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. It is your favorite horn frog, Andrew Zimmel, coming to you again as we gear up for this weekend's College World Series. Let me say that again. The College World Series. Since we started this podcast, right, TCU has played in a national championship. They've played in the NCAA tournament in the men's side of things. They are now in the College World Series. I'm starting to believe that I'm the lucky charm. Starting to believe it. We'll get into all of that and more, but first, got to remind you, subscribe, rate, review the podcast wherever you get the Hypnotoad podcast. That could be Stitcher. That could be Apple Podcasts. That could be Spotify. Wherever you get this sweet, sweet audio content, make sure you go over there, hit the subscribe button, give us a review on iTunes to win a free Heartland College Sports koozie by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. Leave the review, preferably a nice one. Screenshot it, send it to Pete Mundo, the big boss at HeartlandCollegeSports.com. That's Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at HeartlandCollegeSports.com. Well, the Frogs are in Omaha. The Frogs are in Omaha. And it's funny, last week we talked about it as the Super Regionals were heating up. We said, did you expect this to happen in April? And I don't, I did I did not expect this to happen in April. We even were starting to pivot towards college football, transfer portal stuff. We were talking about the different basketball players that were coming in. We were leaving baseball on the back burner because the baseball team just didn't look very good. I didn't think that this team was going to get past uh, the Big 12 tournament, let alone playing the Super Regionals, and now they're in the College World Series. They swept Indiana State 3-1 to and 6-2 to in the uh, Best of 5 series. TCU, or I should say, let me rephrase that, Best of 3 series. They swept them five or three to one and uh, six to four. TCU they punched their ticket to Omaha with that win against number fourteen national seed Indiana State on Saturday night. The Frogs they went down two zero in the first before scoring not one, not two, not three, not four, but five runs in the fourth inning to take a lead. Then they never looked back from. And here's the biggest thing. This is the biggest thing. Biggest thing. Headlines is the pitching has been excellent. The pitching has been good for TCU. Did we think that this was going to happen? No. Did not did not see this coming. Sam Solenberg, 5-0, started for TCU, went 5 and one-thirds innings. He allowed three runs on five hits, walked one and struck out two. And then Ben Albrecht stepped up, gave up a run in four hits, walked two and struck out two in two and two-thirds innings of work to get the close for the Horn Frogs. And this has been the story of TCU, right? The story of the Horn Frogs this season has been great hitting. This is a team that can rake bad pitching. The story of TCU has been a team that has continued to look for pitching. The pitchers have been battered. They've been in bad situations. There's been a lot of games this season that were 16 to 8 games that any other pitching staff in the country would have found a way to win. But because TCU's pitching was so bad in April, in March and April primarily, that they were losing these games. So finally, and we were talking about this with a friend of mine who was a Bobcat, I think that that win against Texas State really was the turning point. Now, it's hard to look back into it. Maybe it's because I'm wearing my Bobcat socks here. But I really do believe that TCU beating Texas State was the catalyst for this. And of course, the Big Big 12 tournament, beating Kansas State, Texas losing to Kansas, I think really helped things. Uh, we'll get back to Texas here in a moment because I want to I want to dance on the graves of the Bobhorns. Uh, but this is season, that was the turning point to me. 
was the Bobcat win. Two interesting storylines coming into the College World Series, and I want to shout out uh, the Sports Illustrated. I want to say it's the Sports Illustrated uh, fan page, or it was something with TCU, like the TCU fan page. They wrote this really good one on Curtis Byron. Now, I apologize because I didn't get the author's name before we, we talked about this, but this has been great for this backup catcher who last year was the primary starter, had a good season, but then struggled. And TCU, of course, is not a program that is going to let the vets ride, right? There's so much good young talent on this TC roster that there's no reason to lose games having an older player in that position. So Junior Byron, he lost his starting job behind the plate early this season because he wasn't hitting. And the TCU lineup needed the bats. They're a team that, you know, we mentioned the pitching has not been great for the majority of the season, so the hits had to come. He was replaced by Carson Bowen, who is one of the most decorated freshman catchers in the country. One of the most decorated catchers in the country. He replaced him behind the plate, and that forced Byron to move to the DH position. And since then, since April 30th this season against Texas, uh, he's reached base 18 of 20 games. He's seen his batting average jump by 73 freaking points from 218 to 291. So that's from April 30th to now. 73 batting points. It's insane. He also had a great game against Kansas State. And his hitting has translated into good wins for the Horn Frogs. It's weird to point at one guy that isn't Anthony Silva or uh, Brandon Taylor and be like, hey, that's part of the reason that they're winning games. But if we're giving out credit here, you kind of have to give it to the guy that continues to get hits, right? You kind of have to give it to him. In the NCAA tournament, he's hitting 318, which is 7 for 22, 7 runs batted in, and 3 home runs. The whole moral of this story, the whole reason they wrote this, was the veteran leadership that Curtis Byron has You know, going from behind the plate to the designated hitter spot, you lose your position, but you still want to contribute to the team. Being a solid designated hitter, being a solid role player player in this lineup has translated to wins for TCU. And the other thing is now that TCU, they've got two of the best hitting backstops in the country going into this College World Series. With Carson Bowen hitting 355, he's been an excellent defensive catcher. Byron's an excellent defensive catcher. So you're in a situation now. You're in a situation now where it's easy to make these decisions. It's easy to look at this team and say to yourself, like, hey, I'm feeling pretty good, right? The other thing, the pitching has for TCU has finally woken up. Uh, April 23rd, TCU gave up 17 runs to West Virginia in a loss. And they fell to 22-18, and 7-8 in the Big 12. That was essentially when I started getting my shovel out to bury the team. I'll own it. I was wrong. Uh, they used eight pitchers to get through that game. And it seemed like everything was in the shitter. Everything was done after that loss to WVU. Again, I'll own up to it. I thought we were done. Since then, it's been a completely different story. Since getting completely shelled in Morgantown, TCU has figured out a way to win games, mostly in part to freshman uh, Cole Keckler, who's been pretty consistent for TCU. He ran into some trouble midseason. However, in the game against Indiana State, he threw seven innings with no runs allowed and nine strikeouts. After having a 6.91 ERA in April, the closer, Ben Albright, has had a massive piece of the bullpen. 
continuing to have a unique arm angle. If you've seen some of these games, you know exactly what I'm talking about, the unique arm angle uh, for the right-handed relief pitcher. These are two guys that in the beginning of the season we did not talk about. In the middle of the season we did talk about them, but not in a nice way. We were saying what the hell is going on with the freshman pitching. What the hell is going on out of the bullpen. They've had strong outings from their starters. The confidence is high. Those are two recipes for success, especially as you get into the deeper tournament games, right? Especially as we get deeper into the World Series. You need to have pitching confidence. You need to have confidence in your pitchers as a fan, as a coach, and as the pitchers, you need to have confidence in yourselves. I always said this, that pitchers are the divas of the sport. Pitchers are the divas of the sport. A lot of people will tell you, oh, it's the guys that pimp the home runs. Those are the big divas. No, 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 no. The pitchers are the big divas. And when divas lose confidence, honestly, you lose respect for them. They lose their fastball. It's been proven true year after year, inning after inning, game after game. If a pitcher loses his confidence, he's essentially a wash. And coaches continue to throw him out there because they got to have arms. they got to have somebody to throw. That's why the name of the game is the arms race. You need to have as many pitchers as possible in case one of them loses confidence. But this whole roster lost confidence halfway through the season. The whole pitching roster. It was a head scratcher. It didn't make any sense. And now they have their confidence back. They got their swagger back. And it looking looking good. Strong pitching is the most important part to capture the title. TCU, the Horned Frogs, they're not the perfect group, but they're looking to rebound and get the first championship in program history. This is the sixth trip to the College World Series. They're seeking their first College World Series final. Haven't even played in the final. They are seeking their first uh, final appearance as well as a championship. All right, let's talk about Oral Roberts, the first team in bracket number one. So TCU, they did avoid the group of death that includes number one seed Wake Forest, LSU, Stanford, Tennessee. This is where we get to dance to the graves of the Texas Longhorns. Now, as fun as it would be for this podcast network, as the Harlan College Sports Podcast Network does a lot of Big 12-centric stuff, right? TCU, Texas. It would have been nice to have Texas in the group so that we could have a little bit of fun going back and forth. I come on a podcast, they come on my podcast, and we, we really hype it up, right? But I don't like Texas. And I'll tell you, Parker McCollum, the country music star who was tweeting during the games about, oh, this is the greatest inning in Texas uh, program history. And then, of course, TC, or, uh, Texas blows it to Stanford. I loved it. I loved every minute of it. Now, Texas has this weird thing where they like to put out these graphics that don't make a ton of sense, right? They got these graphics where it's like, oh, this is the only athletic program that has done X, Y, Z, and da 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 It reminds me of that Penn State graphic from a couple years ago that was said that a Penn State player has played in every Super Bowl, except they hadn't, except it was just a you know a couple of Super Bowls, right? So the uh, associate AD, Strategic Football Communications, Mark Cohen, okay, works at uh, TCU. He tweeted that TCU baseball, TCU is the only school in the in history to make the college football playoffs and the World Series in the same athletic season. The same college football make the same season. College football playoffs, college World Series. TCU's year also includes NCAA men's basketball tourney, five sports as national runners-up or Final Four, and much more. Now, granted, none of those sports in any of those did TCU win the whole thing, right? They played for a championship. They did not win it in football. They were in the NCAA tournament. They did not make it past the second round. 
If somebody wants to point at me and say, hey, you guys stink, whatever, that's one thing. Here's my deal. If OU or if Texas did what TCU has done in the past 365 days, there would be a Sports Illustrated cover. They'd be a 30 for 30 documentary. There would be a podcast dedicated just to that season. In two years, there would be a book, Remember the Season of 2023. There would be so much media blitz, so much media hysteria over a Texas or an Oklahoma doing what TCU is doing currently. It drives me insane. It drives me crazy. And it drives a lot of you crazy, too, because that podcast has really, or that uh, that tweet that I had really is blown up. So I want to thank you guys for that. You can follow me on Twitter at Andrew underscore Zimmel on Twitter. All right, so TCU baseball, they missed a group of death. They're not going to have to face LSU, Wake Forest, Stanford, or Tennessee unless they are in the championship game. Oral Roberts, the Golden Eagles, 51-12 and 12 on the season. They're the first number four seed in the tournament to make the World Series in a decade their bats, they've really come alive, scoring 10 runs per game to start their conference tournament. However, Oral Roberts, they just have a plus 11 run differential this tournament, and they required a bit of good luck to advance. Now, the clear top two teams in this group are the Florida Gators at 50 and 15 and the Virginia Cavaliers at 50 and 13. Both of those teams hosted a regional and blew through their super regional opponents behind strong hitting and, of course, incredible pitching. Florida swept South Carolina, shutting them out and clinching the game. Virginia outscored Duke 26-6 in the final two games of their Super. Now, I'm not all that impressed by ACC baseball. I never have been. I think that it goes SEC baseball, Big 12 baseball. Those are the top two. And then you can even go Pac-12 baseball. ACC baseball has never really impressed me all that much. Now, but Virginia is an impressive team. Virginia consistently is in this type of situation, right? It's going to take a lot for TCU to knock out Virginia and or Florida, right? It's going to, it, That's just how it is. It's going to take a ton to get past these teams. What's nice, though, is with all these post-game ter- or postseason tournaments, the games, they get no easier for TCU, but they are facing teams that are, I'm not going to say they're kryptonite, but TCU pitchers don't have a ton of great uh, curveballs. There's not a curveball pitcher in there. There's not a Ephus pitcher in there. Virginia, they hit the ball hard everywhere. Okay. They're a fastball hitting team. Florida, all-around talented team. They're going to have a couple guys that get drafted or have already been drafted that are just waiting to join minor league clubs. And Oral Roberts, of course, has momentum. But I would argue that uh, TCU has a little bit of momentum themselves. I would argue that winning the Big 12 and then going into their Super Regional Tournament and, and doing what they've done Beating Indiana State, which, you know, all things being considered, I wasn't a huge fan of Indiana State, even though they put up a good fight in game two. I wasn't that impressed by the Sycamores. That's just me, at least. I think TCU has a road here to at least play in the final game. I think they have a road here. I think Oral Roberts is going to be a tough game. I am taking TCU in the first game. I would say that the next game would be a tough one for TCU. The winner, they'll play the winner of uh, Florida versus Virginia if they take down Oral Roberts. I don't think TCU wins that one. I think they get their first postseason loss there. I do think that they can come back because it is a best of three tournament. Double elimination style tournament at this level, 
means more arms than just your two top guys. Relievers, those will be the key. That is going to be the key to TCU winning this whole thing. Starting pitcher is important, so you're going to look at your guys like Cole Keckler and uh, Sam Sullenberg. Those are two guys that are going to be very important, but it's going to be relief pitching that really shores this up. All right. I'm taking TCU. This is where I tell you the story about Omaha. I am going to be in Omaha for these games. I will be in Omaha, not for the championship week, but for the semifinal, this quarterfinal week. I will be there for that. Will not be there for the championship games. So if TCU wins a championship, I might be having to take another road trip down. But I do this podcast from my secluded location in the northern tundra. We'd call it, right? So it's only a short 10-hour drive for me to go to Omaha, which, of course, I'm going to do. I'm going to go because I have to see TCU play. Now, I'm not going to see them play Oral Roberts. I will be seeing them play in the semifinal game of their bracket. Now, remember, you win your bracket, then you go and play the winner of the second bracket in a best-of-three series. So no matter what, if TCU wants to win the whole thing, they're going to have to play the winner of the LSU, Wake Forest, Stanford, and Tennessee group. I would argue probably either going to be LSU or Wake Forest. Those would be my two easy bets off the top of my head. I think TCU is going to come out of this. I've been very high on TCU since they won the Big 12. I've been very high on TCU baseball over the past month and a half. I think that this is the season. I think this is the season that something special happens. I think that the the heartbreak that we felt in January and February because of football, the disappointment we had in March with the TC basketball team, you know, they did a good job. Do we expect them to win the entire thing? No, I would have liked to see a better effort in the Big Twelve champion or the Big Twelve tournament and and the NCAA tournament. They did an okay job. A little bit left to be desired. I think they're going to be back. Dixon's doing a good job. Point is, baseball, they started off awful. They got good. We're here for it. I think they're going to have a pretty special uh, College World Series. All right. I want to wrap the podcast up with Preseason All-American because this is a podcast that is based in Texas, so we have to talk football, legally obligated to talk football. TCU cornerback Josh Newton, he has received a Preseason All-American honors from Phil Steele. Who's Phil Steele? He is a college football expert, quote-unquote. I'm a college football expert as well. Phil Steele does not answer my phone calls, uh, so there's levels to this expertise I think that he's a pretty smart guy, though. He has Newton as a first-team All-Big 12 in his first season at, Big, at TCU. He started 15 games, ranked second on the team, and in the Big 12 with 12 pass breakups, trailing only teammate and Peyton or uh, and uh, Jim Thorpe award winner Tavarius Hodges Tomlinson, who had 15 breakups. So. TCU secondary continues to be good. Uh, we got a, a good feedback on our conversation talking about um, Sonny Dykes, who's on the cover of Dave Campbell's magazine this year. This is going to be a tough year for TCU. This is going to be a very tough year because this is the only year that the Ohio- Oklahoma and Texas are in, as well as the rest of the newcomers. This is the, I think, best the Big 12 has ever been because there is a ton of great teams. The only way this would be better if A&M and Arkansas were in it too, and then it would really feel like the old Southwest Conference. However, we only can deal with what we are, our hands are dealt with. TCU at Omaha, man, I was really excited that they uh, they got that done. I was concerned. There was concern in game one against Indiana State, that 3-1 win, and then when they put up two on the board early in game two, I was worried. I don't need to worry anymore. 
It's a win for them to get to this level. I think that's the big thing, is that even though, like throughout everything else, right, I think them getting to this spot is a huge win for the program. The sixth time that they've been to the College World Series, I seriously believe that they are the premier program in the state of Texas, even though nobody else wants to say it. This podcast will say it. Hypnotoad podcast will say it. But nobody else will say it. That TCU in men's athletics has been head and shoulders above everybody else. Continued success, though. That's the real secret here. Can they continue to do it? Can they do it multiple years in a row? I tend to believe so. Uh, but we'll see. Thank you guys for listening to the Hypnotoad podcast. We will have a podcast while I'm down in Omaha as well. Hopefully, they get the win against. I think they'll get the win against Oral Roberts. If I was a betting man, I'd say they play Oral Roberts to a, a tight game. Hitting comes in big, and then they will play. I don't know. I think they play. I think they play Virginia. I think Virginia gets the better of Florida, and then that will be the game that everybody really, really is. I amped up for that will be Sunday. Uh, hopefully things things go the right way. Two p.m. first pitch against Oral Roberts this uh, weekend. So Friday first pitch against Oral Roberts. I'm excited for it. That's going to do it for the Hypnotoad podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, review the podcast wherever you get this beautiful audio medium. You can also win a free Harlan College Sports koozie by leaving a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts. Go to iTunes. Send it to Pete Mundo at heartlandcollegesports.com. Next time we talk, TCU will be potentially playing College World Series, and if not, we will be recapping all of the fun that we had in Omaha. All of that and more next week right here on the Hypnotoad Podcast. I'll talk to you guys next week.